KMTT, Ki, Mitzion, Tetzei Torah. And today is Monday, regular Shia of Harav Moshe Taragin about Tfila. Harav Taragin. The pretext or preconditions to Tfila are crucial to Tfila's successful performance or execution. The previous Shiram described humility and an awareness of the fragility of the human condition, of human dependence, as a predicate for successful tefillah. The Gemara in Brachos, on Davdalad Amad Beis, highlights a different pretext, or prior framework for tefillah. The Gemara says, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Ezehu ben Olam Haba, Zehasomech Geula L'Tefillah. Person who juxtaposes discussions of Jewish redemption, of historical redemption, to the process of tefillah, that juxtaposition allows entry into the next world. Ezeu ben Olam Haba, Zehasomech Geula Litfila. There's a debate in the Gemara in Brachos and Daftalad whether this applies only to Shachris or to Mariv as well, based in part on the scheduling of Yitziat Mitzrayim, how much of its central events occurred at night, or according to some positions, the, prior, the primary redemption was centered on the morning. We apply this juxtaposition, this twinning of Gula and Tefillah, both to morning and evening davening, with slight differences, but basically before our Shmon Esrei, we elaborate upon the miracles of Mitzrayim, the Makos, the Yamsuf, in general, not just Gula in that historical context, but the general confidence of a Kodesh Baruch Hu's Gula, V'ne'amar ki fada Hashem es Yaakov, u'giyalom yad chazak imenu, baruch ata Hashem go'al Yisrael, bracha in the morning and evening, which concludes with go'al Yisrael. Perhaps Rabbi Yochanan spoke in somewhat hyperbolic terms. Is this twinning really so central to Avodah Hashem that it would warrant entry into Olam Haba? Certainly it's a valuable and meaningful experience, but this should be solely responsible for a person's entry into Olam Haba. The Ritva in Brachos already sensed this, uh, this question, this perplexity, and he provides a slightly different answer. But either way, whether in the hyperbole of Rabbi Yochanan or just in general as a value, how is tefillah impacted by twinning it with the experience of the discussion of Gula or by entering Tefillah by discussing Geula. So, one Rashi in Brachos Daf Lamed Aleph suggests that it's not the theme per se of Geula, but the overall attitude, the overall almost relaxing, cathartic sense that remembering or reminiscing of Geula so to speak, evokes. Zegemar in Brachos and Taflam and Aleph says as follows, Tana Rabbanon, Ein omdim lehispale lo mitoch atzvus velo mitoch atzlus. Shouldn't daven out of sadness and despair nor out of laziness lo mitoch schok velo mitoch sicha. You shouldn't be carrying on trivial conversations or certainly not frivolous conversations. Velo mitoch kalas rosh velo mitoch certainly not lightheaded or insignificant issues. Elamitoch simcha shel mitzvah. 
there's a certain joy that should accompany tefillah, that should almost preface tefillah. Simcha shel mitzvah. So Rashi offers an example of a simcha shel mitzvah which would serve as the appropriate preamble to tefillah. He talks simcha, kigon divrei tanchumin shel Torah. Simcha shel mitzvah does not mean literally the joy which mitzvahs provide. Simcha shel mitzvah is a metaphor for religiously motivated or religiously oriented sensations of joy, of happiness. Divrei tanchumin shel Torah. For example, Rashi says, Kiron samoch legulas mitzrayim, Reminding ourselves that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has had, had and will redeem us is a manner, according to Rashi, based on his read of the Gemara, of creating confidence, relaxation, certainty. It almost takes the edge off of tefillah. Tefillah is that balance between fragility, need, Despair, but contrasted by comfort, at least according to this b'risa, and just confidence. Rashi offers another alternative, according to Rashi, reciting Ashrei is so pivotal. Tefillah David is so pivotal to Tefillah because of Sukkim that remind us that a Kaddish Baruch Hu receives and answers our Tefillahs. Yisrael Hashem has always listened to our Tefillahs and responded positively. Ritzon Yireyavi Aseh. So in which describe HaKadosh Baruch Hu fulfilling or executing the will of those who are close to him, those who heed his word. So according to Rashi in Brachos Laman Aleph, Geula is a pretext for tefillah because it provides that soothing confidence necessary for a successful performance of tefillah. This is a different Rashi, local to Brachos, Tafdalad, the actual location of this Geula to Tefillah juxtaposition, where Rabbi Yochanan actually asserts the base halacha. Where Rashi quotes a Yushalmi in Brachos offering a slightly different view on the function of twinning Geula and Tefillah. The Yushalmi in Brachos in the first parak says as follows, without this twinning, without this preface, Mishaino Samech Geula Tefillah, if you do not Enter tefillah with having prior discussed geula. Lemahu dami, you're similar to a friend of the king who simply comes and knocks on the door and lodges requests. Sudden, unprepared, almost impetuous. However, the Shalmi says you should rather, instead of just seizing upon your king and asking for his favor, person should draw close to Hashem should create some interaction, some connection through praise regarding Geula. Once that proximity or vicinity has been established, then requests can be lodged. Namely, according to Rashi, prefacing tefillah with Geula is an attempt to mitigate the egotism, the selfishness, the um, the preposterous nature of tefillah. Tefillah at its heart is requesting and pleading and petitioning, but that could become very um, very overweening, can become very um, almost selfish. This is what I need, this is what I need. 
when a prior relationship encases a request, and that request is not self-centered, but that request is a natural extension, a natural effect of a healthy relationship. A person, for example, is married, and marriage is a union of sacrifice for one another, favors, activities on each other's behalf, so requests in that context are not egocentric, they're not selfish, they're not um, abusive. They're rather part of a healthy relationship. By entertaining thoughts of Geula, hopefully a person feels closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Perhaps that relationship is, unila- is, is bilateral. HaKadosh Baruch Hu feels closer to Amisom and we feel closer to Him. And then our requests are not um, are, are, are framed within a context of a relationship. They're not stark and independent. But they're tethered to the setting of Geula. So Rashi and Daflam and Aleph in Brachos describe Geula as a pretext for Tefillah because it causes the confidence that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will accept our prayers. In Brachos Naftalad, it's not the confidence, but the relationship which Geula helps build, or at least intensify. The Rav Zatzalab took a slightly different approach, similar structurally to Rashi and Davdalit, trying to convert Tvila from an egocentric, selfish, self-centered request into a pure experience of personal religious integrity. And the Rav suggested as follows. He based his comments on a parak in Dvarim and Parshav Kizavo, Parachavav, describing the process of delivering Bikurim to the Beis Hamikdash. Person enters the Beis Hamikdash full of satisfaction, joy at the success of his harvest, of his solid economic condition, gratitude to for having facilitated that success. And you would expect that at some point there should be effusive praise, glorification, and offering thanks to the Rabbanu Shalala. And yet before these natural emotions are expressed, the Anisa Viamarta Lefnaya Arami Oveiravi, Vayered Mitzraima, Vayagor Sham Semiat, Vaisham Legai Gadala Tsum Varav, Vayareo San Hamitsim Vayanuno, Vaitnu Aleno Vadakasha, Vanitsakal Shem Lokeavo Seno. Five Psukim describing Yitziat Mitzraim, or more accurately, the bondage, the suffering in Egypt, the extrication, the redemption from Egypt, the ultimate arrival in Eretz Yisrael. What possible relevance do these psukim have? These historically uh, meaningful psukim, but what relevance do these psukim have to the setting of delivering Mikurim to the Beis Hamikdash and celebrating agricultural success? And these psukim sound like Pesach, in fact. They form the cornerstone of the portion of the Haggadah known as Tzayu Lamad. We actually play off of these psukim by quoting parallel psukim in Midrashim throughout the rest of Tanakh, these five psukim serve as the basis of our Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So, the question could be rephrased or redirected. How or why are we engaged in Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim precisely at the moment of Havas Bikur? The Rav responded by claiming that personal joy, personal satisfaction, receiving harvest, celebrating personal success, has to be sublimated or converted into a more noble and selfless experience. And that 
ennobling that sublimation or creating greater sublimity is accomplished by casting or pitching personal success and personal experience within broader historical context. As an individual, on a personal level, my agricultural success is insignificant. And too much attention on my behalf to that success is egotistical and vain. However, once I establish sensitivity to the broader journey of Jewish history, the struggle of Jewish history, the redemption of Jewish history, my affiliation with that process, my sacrifice on its behalf, my place within that process, within that journey, then my personal success becomes meaningful, pure, noble, because my success will continue to drive the success of Am Yisrael along its journey. So this moment, our simcha has to be purified, has to be almost purged of selfish motive. And Geula creates that purging or that cleansing. The same phenomena, the Rav claim, occurs every day during our davening. Prior to our personal request and interest, health, finance, success, we must broaden the diagram, broaden the, the fabric of our experience to sort of attune ourselves to the historical process that we're part of, to think beyond our own personal experience, to attune ourselves to a collective rhythm. And once having attuned ourselves to that rhythm, our tefillah can be offered in a less egocentric and less selfish manner. But our prayers, which are offered, which are um, fashioned in the language of the plural, resonate not just with communal meaning, but with historical connotation. So according to Rashi, Gula is an appropriate preface for tefillah, either because it creates that confidence, or because it establishes a relationship to serve as a platform to lodge our requests. The platform being an interpersonal relationship with Kuchibrecho that renders our requests something natural rather than imposed. Whereas according to the Rav, Geula served as a preface because it broadened the historical context, rendering our tefillos sensitive to Am Yisrael's historical journey. There's actually an interesting comment by the Tor, which in some ways is analogous to the Rav's comments. Not exactly similar, but it's a similar um, perspective. Yomar and Shabbos on Afnun Hay claims that Tamas Chusavos, we no longer enjoy Chusavos at some point, and there's a debate amongst the Rishonim at what point, but clearly a point that has long since expired. The Schios of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov had already expired. And we no longer have the right to daven on behalf of Schosavos. So of course, this Gemara begs the question that we actually do invoke Schosavos early and often. So there is we shown him discriminate between Schosavos and Brisavos. Merits may have expired, but, co- but covenants are eternal. Other we shown him discriminate between those who rely artificially on Schosavos without mirroring or mimicking the behavior of the Avos. So for them, perhaps Schosavos is no longer available, but those who adhere to the lifestyle of the Avos may have a more extended 
ability to rely on Schosavos. The Torah, in his comments to Archaim Semen Kuf Yud Gimel, strikes a different point. He claims that even if Schosavos has expired in a general sense, Schosavos vis-a-vis the experience of Geula is unending, is perpetual. In the beginning of Davening, in the beginning of Shemon Esrei, we mentioned Vizocher Chasdei Avos, Umevi Goel as the Torah writes, Lomar, this teaches us, Sha'af in Tamas Chusavos, even if Chusavos have already concluded, Gu'ulaso, Leolam Kayemes, Sharehiftiachba Bishmo Hagadal. Hashem promised during the Brisbane Absarim, promised to Avram and reinforced that promise several times with his successors, Yitzchak and Yaakov, the notion of redemption. The notion that Amisho will never be exchanged for a different selected people. And that's Chosavos, that selection and that eternal selection and redemption, the Avos lifestyle merited and warranted, that is something which can never expire. That is something perpetual. So juxtaposing Geula and Tfila, perhaps according to the Torah, not just juxtaposing it by reciting passages of Yitzhak Mitzrayim prior to launching Shmon Esrei, but even within Shmon Esrei, beginning with a mention of Geula, reminds us, one could say, that the surest request is a request of Geula, because that is an area which Chosavos is still binding and still enduring. And perhaps in the Rav's view, by appending our own interests to the broader redemptive and historical interests of Am Yisrael, we lend greater warrant and greater chance for the success of our own personal tefillos. So this is the first general view of the twinning of Gula and Tfilo, that somehow the preface of Gula nourishes, influences the texture and caliber of our Tfilo, whether it's creating a mood of confidence and relaxation, Rashi and Brachas Laman Aleph, or a relationship that lends um, sort of naturalness to our requests rather than artifice, or a cleansing experience to remove the egotism of tefillah. Interestingly enough, the Tamidim of the Rabbeinu Yonah in their comments to Brachos reverse this twinning. Geula doesn't serve the interests of tefillah, but participating in tefillah subsequent to mentioning Geula highlights some of the main themes of Geula. According to Rashi, according to the Rav's approach, Geula is almost drafted into our tefillah and the services of tefillah to create a mood or an attitude to lend greater credibility and success rate to tefillah. According to Benayona, the exact opposite is true. By mentioning Geula, we have an opportunity to reinforce some of its basic motifs by launching immediately into tefillah. What are those motifs? So the first shot the Rabbeinu Yonah suggests, is that Geula, it's very fascinating, Geula is a very liberating, euphoric experience. It frees the human being from suffering, from bondage. It also creates a level of familiarity with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, level of familiarity which is evident, latent, in the Sefer of Shir Shirim, which we treat HaKadosh Baruch Hu as our lover and thereby as our almost our peer, our equal, Kibayachal. But that has to be balanced with the submission to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will, Kabbalah's Malchus Shamayim, and a submission that is seminal to religion in general, 
but which in many respects may even be threatened by Gula. That equilibrium between parity and, and viewing Kodesh Baruch as a lover and a friend, the Amas Hashem, which has to be balanced and distilled with the clear hierarchical acceptance of a Kodesh Baruch Hu's transcendence and his mystery and his will, that could sometimes be unsettled to the process of Gula. Gula makes us sometimes too confident in a Kodesh Baruch Hu's will. The real lesson of Gula is that a Kodesh Baruch Hu relieves us of foreign sovereigns and foreign influences so that our religious commitment and submission to His will can be pure and less conditioned. Which is precisely why so many mitzvahs in the Torah are suffixed with the claim, Ani Hashem Elokeichem, Asher Hotzeisi Eschem Me'eretz Mitzrayim, Hamotzi Eschem Me'eretz Mitzrayim, Says Rabbi Yonah comments, "Uchashu Mazkir Yitzias Mitzrayim Umispalel Miyad Mare." He demonstrates Shekemosha Eved Shekona Osar Rabo Chayav Lasas Mitzvos Rabo Kenu Makiratova Vagula Shagal Osar Habare Vishu Avdo VeOved Oso. By absorbing the theme and the lessons of Geula. Person should arrive at deeper levels of piety and commitment to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Tefillah is the, referred to by Chazal, referred to by the Torah, according to the Rambam at least, as Avodah as a worship. Obviously, we're requesting favors from the Rabbanu Shalom, but we're also worshiping Him. We're serving. The most glaring demonstration of our service is appended to Geula, so that we should absorb and internalize the lessons of Geula, submission, acceptance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will. In fact, Rabbi Yonah's position makes Rabbi Yochanan's hyperbole more palatable. If Geula were merely an appropriate preface for tefillah, it's unlikely that that twinning would um, would facilitate entry into Olam Haba. Why should a better tefillah be so pivotal in paving the way to Olam Haba? However, once tefillah is seen as an elucidation and the reinforcement of some of the basic themes of Geula, that experience and the upgrading of that experience by mentioning tefillah could indeed be something pivotal, seminal enough to warrant entry into the next world. And indeed, when Rabbeinu Yonah mentions his position, he does seem very sensitive to Yochanan's hyperbole. Rabbeinu Yonah quotes a second opinion or a second view as to how Geula is to be enhanced through this juxtaposition of tefillah. By mentioning Yitzias Mitzrayim and then subsequently davening, Tefillah is a demonstration of bitachon, of trust. Why would a person be praying without any expectation of response of the receipt of tefillah, of the success of tefillah. Tefillah is almost, in this respect, a reincarnation of the confidence which Gula is meant to generate. I mentioned earlier that Rashi felt that the confidence of Gula is meant to serve as a basis for tefillah. In this respect, the second shot of the Beniona may be very similar to Rashi. It's not as if the confidence of Gula serves as the basis of tefillah as much as the 
process of Tvila demonstrates and highlights the Bitachon that Geula brings and that the anticipation of Geula challenges or tries. When Geula is delayed, as it has been for us, our patience, our stamina, our Bitachon HaKadosh Baruch is challenged. And Geula is almost a reinforcement of our own conviction of our own confidence that HaKadosh Baruch will ultimately redeem Am Yisrael. Baruch HaTashem Gual Yisrael. Subsequent to reciting and remembering the experiences of Geula, we launch immediately into our Tfilos as a reminder, according to Ben Yonah, of the two basic themes of Geula. One theme, the Bitachon, that it should generate, and hopefully the bitachon in the original geula that should serve to lend us stamina for long-awaited geula. That relationship between the early geula of Mitzrayim and the, the elusive geula from this long gallus is a very important one, struck by Chazal, and one could even claim latent in Shir Hashirim. We look back nostalgically to those bygone days of initial geula to lend us strength, confidence, that ultimate geula will occur. So by mentioning Baruch HaTashem Gual Yisrael, the word Gual Yisrael is a reference to Hashem's having redeemed us in the past, we now have the bravado and the conviction to say Goel Yisrael, which refers to Hashem as a continuing redeemer. Even if our plight has throughout history seemed difficult, reminiscing about Geula, drawing confidence from initial preliminary Geulas, davening immediately afterwards was meant to reaffirm our belief in the conviction that the world around us, which seems so imperfect, would be replaced by a redeemed world. Davening also creates the submission that is so threatened in many ways by Gula. Gula could be very giddy, very euphoric, very ecstatic, and it should be, and it should heighten our feelings of ahava towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but that can sometimes make us too familiar. And Tefillah reestablishes that natural hierarchy, that we aren't peers with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, that there's a clear um, omnipotent divine being and a frail human individual who seeks his assistance and his favor on a daily basis to attend to personal fragility. It's fascinating that Rashi and Beniona took two divergent approaches and then effectively even though there are some significant halachic differences, the post can discuss some of the halachic differences between Rashi's view and the Benioni's view, is Geula employed in the service of Tefillah, or is Tefillah inserted to highlight certain aspects nascent within Geula, halachically there may be differences, but experientially and existentially, we are able to appreciate and indulge in each of those dynamics. We can certainly utilize our geula as the proper prefacing of tefillah, whether it's the specific context of Rashi or the historical context which the Rav alerted us to. Just the same, we're able to engage in a substantive description of our redemptive moments and follow that up with tefillah to demonstrate some of the lessons and motifs of geula.